The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the wind of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my so God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. What's up, everybody? Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome in to Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. The MLB postseason continues. We are here Monday through Friday this week. On this Monday pod, Brendan Glasheen, your host with Sean Zarillo and BJ Cunningham. We are touching on all angles as it pertains to the NLDS Game 2s tonight in Atlanta and Los Angeles. We have the Phillies and the Braves. Phillies with a 1-0 series lead and the Diamondbacks and Dodgers, Arizona puts on a show in the first few innings to get Clayton Kershaw out of the game in the first inning. They lead the series one game to none. It's a best of five. We are presented by BetMGM. Uh, just a quick housekeeping note. Uh, we've been encouraging you to leave a five-star rating and a review. Some of you have done that and we greatly appreciate it. And we do have a contest winner. We've been promoting it here on the podcast. Congrats to Mark Jamgo. Hope I'm saying that right, Mark, who left this review. I'll read it quickly before we dive in. Kind of a good feeling start to the Monday. Mark says, I became an avid listener of the show this season, and I am hooked. All the analysts break down the games in a way where anyone can understand, and it's always about the value and what makes the most sense. I have increased my winnings ever since I began listening to this show. Sean Zarillo is my favorite analyst as I follow his opening pitch column on the Action Network app each and every day. Thanks to all the analysts for helping me get through the week and win some money. That's pretty cool, Sean. We appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. There you go. So again, uh, we'll be doing this throughout the postseason. Uh, please leave a five-star rating and review. And for folks like Mark and others that will be rewarded at some point, email this is the email you want to uh, jot down podcasts at actionnetwork.com to claim your prize. And we'll do it again next week. So if you haven't done so yet, five-star rating and review, and uh, we'll pick some winners. Okay, Zarillo. So let's start with Phillies Braves game two, the pitching matchup, Zach Wheeler, Max Freed, Atlanta favored. Are they in a bounce back situation? I know this whole company has been on Philadelphia to maybe win the pennant, win the world series. 
Where are you at for game two with the Atlanta Braves down 1-0? So I project the Phillies to win the series close to 63% of the time. So I'd make that line about minus 167. If you could bet minus 155 or better or so on Philadelphia to win the series, I would consider taking that now, especially if you tailed me on Braves futures at the start of the season. We have a little bit of a hedge on the Phillies with their NL pennant price, uh, but still stand to win much more on the Braves than I do in the Phillies. So we consider hedging out on the Phillies a little bit here, but in terms of the game two pricing, I have already built in a hedge as well because I did bet on Philadelphia to take down Max Freed, who's coming back from a hotspot issue. They didn't want to actually have it become a blister. He had a hotspot on his pitching hand, his left index finger. So they shut him down, put him on the IL. But it reminds me a little bit of what the Braves did with Spencer Strider last year. Strider put on the IL at the end of last season, missed, I believe, 26 days, came back, started at Citizens Bank Park in the playoffs with a bunch of rust and got blown up. And Max Freed here coming back after 17 days off. Mm-hmm. The Braves offense looking flat in game one, as flat as it has all season. Uh, I have reasons to be concerned about Max Freed, not only in terms of the blister and not knowing how that's going to affect his pitches, his grip, but also the forearm injury that he sustained earlier in the year. Typically, that is a precursor to Tommy John, or at least an indicator that he may have a UCL injury and deal with a Tommy John injury, related injury at some point going forward. So Max Freed was very effective this year, even in the sample that he had. The underlying metrics, expected ERA, expected FIP, are better than what Zach Wheeler showed. The pitching models prefer Wheeler. And I think I'd prefer Wheeler knowing that you're getting playoff Zach Wheeler, who number one, has the lowest playoff whip in baseball history. Uh, after his last start, he went below Kenley Jansen and Mariano Rivera. So a 732 whip for Zach Wheeler, lowest in MLB playoff history, minimum 40 innings. Number two, he had his highest average fastball velocity of the season in his last start, 96.8 miles an hour. He averaged 95.6 on the season. His peak for the year was 96.7. So Wheeler threw harder in his last start against the Marlins than he has at any point this season. He ramped up his velocity in the playoffs last year. Zach Wheeler is one of the best pitchers on the planet. Second half stuff plus or second half pitching plus rating, highest in baseball. So pitching models viewed him as the best pitcher in the second half. Playoff Wheeler we've seen in the past couple of years just takes it up another level. The velocity takes up, uh, the intensity certainly takes up as well. But, you know, the stats back up what we've seen. So a very interesting pitching matchup to project here between Wheeler and Freed. As I said, Freed has the better expected FIP, expected ERA. I think the soft contact stuff that he generates does get lost in the sample. I would expect both guys to go longer in this matchup. The Phillies used a bunch of relievers in game one. I believe they recorded 16 outs for their bullpen. The Braves behind Max Freed don't really have more than A.J. Smith-Shaver as a long man. And beyond that, they're pitching depth for game three with Bryce Elder and, you know, going deeper into the series, it gets a little bit concerning for Atlanta. So they really do need Max Reed to give them innings, give them a good start today. Uh, I do give Atlanta the offensive advantage. And in terms of how the splits project righties versus lefties, I actually do think it's a bigger advantage for Atlanta today than they had in game one. But I think Zach Wheeler gives them the pitching advantage over Max Reed. So I like uh, the Phillies down to about plus 125. Uh, for the first five innings, plus 135 for the full game. That's where I bet the two lines down to respectively. And then concerning the pitcher props, Wheeler opened at 14 and a half outs last night. I like the over there all the way up to minus 200. It moved to 15 and a half today. 
You could bet 15 and a half to minus 140. I projected him closer to 17 outs. All seven playoff starts he's had since last season. All seven starts he's had against Atlanta since the start of last season. Willers recorded at least 15 outs in all of them, even in the ones where he's given up runs. And as I said, with the Phillies bullpen going long in game one, having that extra day of rest, Willer basically being lined up to start again later in this series, it's unlikely that he gets pulled out of here earlier, even if he gives up runs. So Willer over 15 and a half outs to minus 140. I think that's fine. And I'm staring very hard at Max Fried over 14 and a half outs. I can't bring myself to do it with him coming off of the IL and the Braves down a game, but it seems very evident uh, to me that he's going to go at least five innings today. So tempted to play, play freed over outs, but I think I'll pass and just back the Phillies on the money line and, and Wheeler's over. Okay. A lot to unpack. It's amazing yeah. what one game in a five game series, how it just shifts your, your thinking, knowing that the spot for freed who this blister as Zerillo mentioned 17 days off since he last pitched the blister first became an issue this year, he's been dealing with it since he's been in the big leagues. It actually occurred against the Phillies. He went five innings, allowed four hits. Actually didn't pitch all that bad, but he went five innings. I wanted to throw that in there. But the latest we heard BJ of Freed on the mound was in a simulated game in Atlanta last Tuesday. And he said, I got out there, got up five times, kept my arm going, just made some guys feel like I was in some sort of competitive environment. So said all the right things. He's feeling okay. And he wants to be there for his team. What's your confidence level in Max Freed to help the Atlanta Braves even this series? I mean, listen, this this pitching house is, is low. Like, if you look in through his his games this season, ever since he returned from his forearm injury in August, there's only been one start where he hasn't gone five innings. So I get there's a lot of concerns with the blister, and I get there's concerns that this Phillies lineup might hit him and there's they might yank him at any sign of trouble. But like Sean mentioned, Braves really only have one long reliever and are really they're going to empty their bullpen here in game two i get they're down a game so they're desperate so maybe if he gets runs in any sign of trouble they will actually do that the 14 and a half seems quite low as far as the full game you know i have the braves projected at minus 140 so i'm pretty close to around the market is so i will end up passing on that uh total of 7.4 for me as well so potentially maybe looking at an under but uh yeah we i'm also on wheeler over 15 and a half outs just tailing sean on that one because I mean, if you look through his game log, he has gone five or more innings basically every single game throughout the entire season, except for a couple spots where he's gotten blown up. And that can definitely happen in this type of game against the Braves. But, you know, Freed's pitching outs, I'm going to stare at a lot throughout the day and decide whether I want to play it. Because just betting him to go five innings, given the situation that Atlanta's in now, we obviously had an off day, so the bullpen is fully rested. Right. But... And only, you know, especially with it being a five-game series as well, do you really want to empty your bullpen here? It's They need him to go innings. So um, I'm going to stare at that hard today. But, yeah, I'm I'm with Sean on uh, Wheeler over 15 and a half outs. And I'm going to stare at Freed over 14 and a half outs for a long time. And uh, I appreciate Anthony DeBodo pointing that out to me last night uh, with Wheeler's mm-hmm. number being solo. We just, he texted me and we discussed that. And I was like, blindly i would make that 16 and a half or 17 and that is where i ended up projecting it out in terms of the math so yeah that wheeler over seems like a good bet and uh you know bj like the freed 14 and a half outs last night you know wheeler moved up right i bet it moved up overnight freed was one of those where i'm like i'm not gonna bet this and i really hope it moves away from me overnight and i never have to think about <laughs> it again and it never moved no, it's, uh, and it's almost like face, more though. concerning that it didn't move so yeah yeah i i'm gonna stare at it all day as well and we'll see if i end up pulling the trigger wow 
This feels like uh, we're not quite in the winter season yet, but this feels like when you're kids and you're trying to figure out if you have no school the next day and you're just watching yeah. the local news. <laughs> oh, don't see it it's yet. It's like, don't you know, I'm, I'm just going to stare at the screen and wait for somebody else to bet it. So I don't watching have the bottom, Watching the bottom line, waiting for your school district to come up and then it's just and then right. the celebration begins. <laughs> you're waking okay. up at five in the morning, even though you never actually get up at five in the morning on a school day, just waiting to see if you can get that snow day. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't know if on this podcast we have any impact advocating for school days to start later, but as a night person, uh, you know, if, if anybody out there has the ability to impact school starting times, uh, I, I think kids should should go to school a little bit later. I think they'd be more functional. Well, Sean, as someone with a child, I would advocate they should go to school earlier <laughs> <laughs> and stay in school. <laughs> Just permanently. Payoff Pitch is presented by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ACTION when signing up. Ticket up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Diamondbacks Dodgers is our second NLDS game two tonight. Dodgers are down 1-0 in this series. Clayton Kershaw got ripped apart. Um, it wasn't good. Now, good for the folks we had. Uh, I think it was Charlie and Tanner were on Friday, and they were both advocating very strongly for Kershaw under outs, and that went very well. Um, but the Diamondbacks now lead this series. They send Zach Gallon to the mound, and the Dodgers send Zarillo Bobby Miller, who you've been very high on in the second half, and – I think you're still feeling good about Bobby Miller. How do you feel about the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks tonight with the Dodgers priced at BetMGM minus 160 on the money line, Diamondbacks plus 135? Yeah, it's time to let Chef Bobby cook. He should have been in game one. Uh, The Dodgers (laughs) starting Clayton Kershaw is one of the most egregious strategic moves I've seen since I've been following baseball. It could not have been more evident to me, not as an amateur analyst, but somebody with publicly available data to be able to analyzed that Clayton Kershaw is clearly less than 100%. It was the most evident thing. They came out and said before game one, he's felt as good as he ever has. I believe that was a Bob Nightingale tweet. So Kershaw never had a chance once Bob cursed him. (laughs) But, you know, you have a $260, $240 million payroll, one of the biggest analytical staffs in all of the game, in all of sports, and you throw out fucking Clayton Kershaw in game one. Are you kidding me? How many times are you going to let this guy cost you in the playoffs? He shouldn't even be on the roster. He should not be on their postseason roster. We're going to move on. Bobby Miller is their best pitcher. Zach Wheeler, number one in pitching plus in the second half. Amongst 177 qualified starters, minimum of 20 innings, Wheeler was number one. Bobby Miller, number four. 110 pitching plus. He was also also eighth in stuff plus. 125 stuff plus rating for Bobby. Five above average pitches per stuff plus. I guess his changeup is at 100, so it's a league average. But four above average pitches per stuff plus above average command, the results have not necessarily gotten to that elite, elite level yet. Uh, Zach Wheeler carrying like a 2.5 ERA, you know, that that is closer to where the level of pitching models expect these guys to be. Like a 2.5 ERA, 2.7 ERA. Bobby's still carrying like a 3.3 ERA, a 3.5, 3.6 expected FIP. So he still has a tier to jump. He's still figuring out how to optimize that pitch mix. He's still figuring out how to get through big spots. 
maybe the butthole tightens up just a little bit in the playoffs like it did for Grayson Rodriguez yesterday. You know, that is the one concern. First playoff start. These rookies, you never know what you're going to get. Pablo Lopez absolutely nails last night. You could tell from the first inning, Pablo Lopez, just like how smooth that fastball looked going through the zone, how accurate he was with his command. It was very evident Pablo Lopez was going to have a good start from the outset. Grayson Rodriguez was walking guys in the first inning, could not put the ball anywhere near the zone. He looked like he did back in April. So I think we may know from the jump how Bobby's going to look tonight. Uh, and going against a guy like Zach Gallen, taking minus money against a guy like Zach Gallen, who was in the Cy Young hunt for the entire year, may sketch some people out. But I do project Bobby Miller as the better pitcher. Zach Gallen throughout the year, three, uh, three 3-5 ERA, but a 4.2 expected ERA, a 3-5 expected FIP. So the underlying metrics, the underlying indicators are pretty comparable to what Miller did, maybe even a step below. But the pitch modeling metrics had him at a 107 pitching plus. As I said, Miller was closer to 110. So the pitching models, the underlying metrics, both prefer Miller very slightly. Uh, The offensive splits relative to game one, I think does help Arizona. Arizona projected much worse against lefties than they do against righties. But if you take their second half splits and their splits down the stretch, they actually were a bottom seven offense against both right-handed pitching and left-handed pitching. So they tailed off against righties later in the year. I still do think their splits project slightly better than they did for game one. Uh, but the Dodgers to me have the better bullpen as well. And, you know, the pitching advantage throughout this matchup, I basically made them minus 172, minus 171 in both halves, both first five inning and full game. So I like the Dodgers here up to about minus 160 in both halves. And then I also like their series price as well. I still have them winning this series about 47% of the time. So closer to plus 115 implied. You can bet them as high as plus 130 right now. I believe I took plus 135 the other day, but plus 122 or better on the Dodgers to win the series, I think is a good price too, in addition to their game two money line. So betting the Dodgers in a variety of ways, uh, figuring out where I want to allocate more of my risk to, if I want to weight it more towards the series price or towards the game right now, it's weighted more towards game two, but I may end up adding a touch more on that series price of plus 130 just Mm -hmm. because I do project them to have the pitching advantage for the remainder of the series. And uh, with regards to the splits, one other thing I want to note is that the Dodgers did struggle against lefties more so than righties. They ran closer to league average against lefties, and it actually got worse throughout the year. The problem is Arizona starters are all right-handed, so they, they can't flip the Dodgers around and put them in their lesser split over the remainder of this series. And that leads me to just liking the Dodgers series price a touch more. So Dodgers in both halves and also their series price before game two. What did you, you think of their approach to the plate? Four hits in game one. Dodgers. Yeah, you know, they've always torched Merrill Kelly. Uh, I've lost a lot of money betting yeah. on Merrill Kelly going into Dodger Stadium. So to just see them be flat was odd, but it was also odd to see the Braves be flat. Like Ronald yeah. Acuna Jr. had a runner on a third and one out uh, in the fifth inning. And we had a first five bet on the Braves that they ended up losing one nothing. But they, that's a spot all year where the Braves score two runs and win the first five innings. And they didn't even get the run home from third with one out. So... You know, there's going to be a lot of discourse about the extra days off for these uh, number one and number two seeds. The National League Series having an extra day off. The Braves have played one game, you know, in the past eight, nine days or whatever. They did play some interest squad games to try to get themselves going. But yeah, it, it just seemed like all of these offenses, aside from Houston, were flat coming back. And I don't really know what to make of it. I don't really know what's going to happen going forward with regards to the schedule and how they play it out. But yeah, it, it's odd that these teams who were in situations where normally they have success and they just they seem so flat. Uh, and I, I don't know how we go about fixing that 
and not giving the best teams a bye. But I think maybe we just need to condense down the wild card schedule touch. BJ, where are you at for game two? Dodgers down 1-0, and they send Bobby Miller to the mound. I am with Sean. I like the Dodgers full game and first five. Project them closer to minus 200 for both halves. Mm. Um, you know, I'm sure we have a few listeners who are who haven't watched a lot of baseball throughout the season or probably just coming in, want to bet the playoffs. Well, first off, welcome. And if you haven't watched Bobby Miller pitch, I mean, his stuff, like Sean mentioned, is absolutely electric. Averages almost 99 miles per hour on his fastball, then has a sinker that averages close to 98 miles, a little over 98 miles per hour with 19 inches of run on it. It is insane how good his pitching is. His fastball stuff plus rating 130 this season. Only Spencer Strider had a better fastball by stuff plus rating. The Diamondbacks against pitches that are 98 miles per hour or faster this season, minus five run value, 315 expected weighted on base average, which is kind of around where the league average is. And like Sean mentioned, Gallon really hasn't been impressive down the stretch here, uh, especially in the wild card round. You know, he did give up two runs, five hits, three walks. Really wasn't that great. Um, like Sean also mentioned, negative regression candidate. And the thing about Gallon is also is when he gets hit, he gets hit really hard. Third percentile for average exit velocity allowed, fifth percentile for hard hit rate allowed, 9.2% barrel rate allowed. Dodgers faced him twice this season and roughed him up. One was on opening day and the other one was on August 28th where they hit him for six runs at Dodger Stadium. So like Sean mentioned, Dodgers have the split advantage here. Uh, and again, I think that the market's just a little too low on Bobby Miller. And yes, he might he might implode here, but he is he is the better starting pitcher in this matchup. And the Dodgers do have a better better uh, lineup. So, Dodgers first five and full game. When you say Zerillo that you think the Dodgers have the pitching edge, I, I'm just who who would go game three for LA? But who'd you guess, Lynn? So. Right? I would pitch, uh, I, it might be Lance Lynn. I would try to combine Emma Sheehan and Ryan Pepio in sort of a piggyback mode. And, and Ryan Pepio, along with Miller, was a top 15 starting pitcher per pitching plus in the second okay. half. The name value isn't there. Pepio didn't throw a ton of innings, but the effectiveness is certainly there in the underlying numbers. So the Dodgers do have the the pieces to, to you know, assemble the innings together and high quality innings. It's just a matter of Dave Roberts pulling the right trigger and, you know, okay. stringing them together. But yeah, Kershaw going game one was just like. That's why I asked that because I hope I'm assuming you're well, I think you're hoping, not assuming you're hoping that Kersh- you don't see Kershaw again. It's <laughs> a starter in the series. OK, you have to imagine that they wouldn't throw him again. The problem is, uh, I believe if you put a guy on the playoff IL and so like right now, if they said, you know, he's injured, we're going to. We're going to remove him from the roster and put another reliever on the roster. I believe that does take him out for the rest of the playoffs. So if he is feeling better for the world series, you know, they yeah. wouldn't be able to use him. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a number that I projected assuming Kershaw is not going to pitch again, but okay. I also didn't expect him to pitch until game four, you know, initially when I projected the series out and when I bet the Dodgers pre-series at minus minus one fifty. by the way, that closed at like minus two thirty. So that was a good bet regardless of where it closed, but I also wasn't expecting Kershaw to be the first guy taking the ball. So uh, don't love that. Uh, one thing I do want to mention before we jump to potentially talking about the AL games in the Phillies Braves matchup, one thing that I noticed, and this really stood out, you know, I don't love to look at numbers specifically against pitchers, not matchup specific numbers, but there's a big discrepancy in how the Braves have performed against Zach Wheeler and how the Phillies have performed against uh, Max Freed. Max Freed, 210 plate appearances against these current Phillies hitters, 844 OPS allowed, 844. Zach Wheeler, 300 plate appearances against these Braves hitters, 661 
OPS allowed. So Willers had the much better results. Uh, just like going down the Phillies lineup against Max Fried, Nick Castellanos, Trey Turner, they've just torched him. And the strikeout rates, the walk rates, they're okay. Like the, you know, the strikeout minus walk rate for both Max Fried and Zach Wheeler against their respective opponents, even though their offensive stats have a huge discrepancy, the strikeout and walk rates do align with where you would expect them to be. So maybe Max Fried has just been a bit unlucky, but seeing a huge difference in their results, almost 200 points of OPS, that really stood out to me. And uh, if you're looking for player props today in that matchup, I think Castellanos would be the guy to link to. Yeah. Freed, yeah, it's Zerillo's point, five innings, uh, six strikeouts, two walks. In that start that I referenced earlier when the blister stuff started coming back, that was on September 12th. He made one more start against the Nationals, and then he got shut down. 17 days later, he's pitching in a must-win game, kind of, sort of, for the Braves. It's, uh, I mean, is Bryce Elder, and, who, like, who's going to get the Braves back in the series if they lose today? So, yeah, this could be a must-win game. You know, it's, it's crazy to say that with the team who set all these offensive records, but... You get shut down for two games and your season's over. Uh, tough luck for the second straight year against the same team. Before we go, we'll quickly look ahead to tomorrow. We'll have an episode tomorrow. We're here Monday through Friday. Episodes every weekday for payoff pitch. We'll look at, just because our analysts are rotating, so if BJ, for example, you want to get something in that you won't won't get in with your, you know, verbally. Um, anything you're looking at tomorrow. I know we don't know Baltimore's starting pitcher, but everyone yeah. else that uh, is playing tomorrow, so Texas... Houston, Minnesota, we do know starting pitchers. So anything you want you want to give out today? Yeah, not really. Um, you know, the Minnesota Houston game, I think, is right in line where I've kind of a projected I have Minnesota at minus one eighteen, which is right in line where the market is right now, total of uh seven point eight. So I'm pretty in line with yeah, where the market's at. You know, Christian Javier has pitched better in the month of September. He had a horrible August, seven over a seven X FIP in August. So um you know, obviously somebody who coming into the season we thought was really good, had really good stuff, plus numbers, and really has just kind of fallen off. But, yeah, he has been pitching a little bit better. But, you know, Sonny Gray is, was really solid in that start against the Blue Jays and has been solid all season long. So I'll potentially maybe looking at some props, maybe some pitching outs after I go get done projecting him. So follow me in the Action Network app, and we'll, we'll see if I can come up with anything for this game. But, yeah, I mean, since we don't know the pitcher for the Baltimore game, it's very funny now the situation that Baltimore finds themselves in because – as me and Sean were talking about before this, are they really going to just throw out Kyle Gibson or Dean Kramer in game three in a must win game and just be like, all right, that's it. That's all she wrote. Um, it's, it's a very bad situation for the Orioles right now. They're getting down two games. They pitch their best two pitchers. So, um, and if all, and if all these going for Texas. Yeah, yeah. And that's that, that's serious. I mean, which is honestly, if, if, and Sean will mention him, but if this Baltimore pitches the correct pitcher, they should uh, potentially a good Orioles spot there uh in a must-win game to try and fade Evaldi. And Zarillo, anything you want to give out for uh maybe because you're looking at a price, there's a target price out there that you like now that might move overnight. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of the overnight movement, it kind of comes full circle. If there's anything you'd like to give out now. Yeah. So uh, you know I make Texas minus 700 to win the series. You can bet Baltimore as high as plus 800 right now to win. Uh I would typically want closer to plus 850 if I was doing it based on the normal two percent edge cutoff that I do. But plus 800, not bad. 1.5% edge. The problem is, as BJ mentioned, we don't really know who they're throwing the next two games. And they had the pitching advantage in games one and two and presumably would in game five. And they already lost the advantage. And their offense looks cold, again, coming off a layoff. But Nathan Uvalde also looked great in that wild card start. And it was the best he's looked in months. And 
I put in my article, you know, his velocity trend, it had dipped towards the end of the season, and I thought he was injured. But unlike Kershaw, his last start did give an indication that he may be coming back to health because his velocity, even though he got shelled, gave up seven runs in his final regular season start, the velocity had ticked back up to where he was earlier in the year. It was like, oh, if he's going to be around that level, maybe he can get back to being effective. And he looked phenomenal in that wild card start. So Nathan Ivaldi. I uh, have to bump his projections back up and make him back closer to where he was at his peak this season because that's how he looked in that wild card start. His, sharp, his slider was really sharp, fastball really accurate. So, yes, technically an edge on Baltimore plus 800. I don't think I'm going to be betting that. I'll probably look to bet them game to game. If I do at all, need to see the starting pitcher announcement. And then for Minnesota and Houston, I make Houston still about minus 104 to win this series. I will project the Twins as a favorite over the next two games in Minnesota, but I did bet Houston for plus one at plus 124 for game one. Now, I only projected this closer to about plus 112, so it wasn't a big edge, and it's already out of range, and frankly, I don't even want to be on it considering I have my Twins tickets, but it was just a bet based on the numbers. Christian Javier, as BJ mentioned, much better down the stretch. I did think that he refound his form. The numbers came back to where we expected in the preseason. Um Sonny Gray, for me, I think is really interesting to match up with the Astros because he doesn't give up the home run. And we see teams, they, they post the stat all the time during playoff games, but I believe the last five years, teams who win the home run battle win playoff games 85% of the time, close to 90% of the time. And Sonny Gray this year has allowed just eight home runs across his career, 0.84 home runs per nine. And Christian Javier gives up a lot more home runs than he does, so... The power discrepancy or, the, you know, the potential to to get home runs and, and win the power discrepancy in game three, I think that ha- definitely helps Minnesota. But I also don't know if Sonny's going to get these Astros hitters to chase outside of the zone as much as he did against these other AL Central teams. So really interesting matchup for me. Uh, as I said, I bet Houston early, but no value for me now. And uh, we'll see what I end up on by game time. But I, I really don't anticipate having much action on uh, Tuesday's AL DS games, uh, just kind of figuring out whether I want to bet that Baltimore juicy series price at plus 800. It, you know, another one I'm going to stare at all day and probably never pull the trigger <laughs> on, but we'll see. Okay. Well, we do have a show tomorrow. We'll join all of you again and we'll find out where we're at on Tuesday. Good luck with your bets, everybody, for the NLDS game twos tonight. Payoff pitch is presented by BetMGM for Zerillo and PJ Cunningham, Brendan Glasheen. Thanks for listening. Leave that five-star review and rating, uh, as the rating and the review, to potentially win yourself an Action Network Pro account, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. See ya. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.